Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. It's so funky. It's been a heck of a week. So much so that I had a listener send us this gem. Side effects of dealing with modern America. We had a listener who said that, you know, with all the things that are going on, especially with the recent um, Supreme Court nominee and then, of course, acceptance of Brett Kavanaugh onto the bench, she said, you know, with everything being so negative every day, it's like, how do you manage in modern-day America? Because she is struggling with hopelessness and anxiety. And I really felt that that was, like, a really real topic that we need to discuss because... It really is not um, getting any better. It just seems to be getting progressively worse. And we have seen this in history before. It is not new. And what we've seen is that, you know, these times spring forth different kinds of people, right? You get the folks who are complicit and who decide to side with, you know, the mainstream power because of a number of reasons, but I think most of all because they don't want to be like the oddball out and they're looking for something to belong to. Then you have the folks who are ardently against and opposed and plant their feet and are, you know, willing to put their careers, their lives, their families, et cetera, on the line within varied, um, on various spectrums, but for the purpose of saying, no, we will not accept this. And then you have the folks who basically kind of like are bystanders. They're not enabling, they're not dismantling, but... They're simply just standing. They're just standing, hoping for the storm to pass. And they're kind of going around business as usual and not trying to upset any apple carts. They're the ones who basically when the, you know, Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee was going around canvassing and um, the Southern Christian Leadership Conference was going around canvassing, trying to get folks to like sign up, send petitions to get their voting rights, they're the black folks who would be like, get from around here. Don't, 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 don't stir up nothing with these whites. These are good whites. As Ari Spears has a bit, he says, they, they, they give, give us sleeps. They, they give us eats. So don't shake shit up. And, you know, thank goodness everyone didn't think that. Thank goodness everyone didn't feel that way because then no one would be challenging the system. And um, I completely understand this thought process of what, what, what can we do? I mean, it just keeps getting worse. But things have gotten worse in the past. And then they got okay. They got better. They didn't get great. But they got better and we're still here. And that is how we're going to get into this episode. I think it's time to drop, drop. I, I got, got a am dram. dram. 
I said dream, but it's fine. Jam dropping. Jam dropping. Jam dropping. We're dropping on these hoes. <sighs> Today's jam dropping is anxious versus action. Well, you know, we all have coping mechanisms. We have ways that we deal with things and manage, you know, the good and the bad and the ugly when it comes across our paths. And these days there's been so much bad and ugly coming across our paths that a lot of us are finding ourselves looking in the mirror deciding like, well, how do we manage this? I think that there's very real understanding to feeling anxiety at first, right? And just feeling the reality come at you like a moving train and you're just like, oh my gosh, like how am I going to manage this? And you panic. But the thing about anxiety is that it paralyzes you. Uh, We've talked about on side effects of anxiety when it is so real that it basically renders you immobile. It makes you stiff. It makes you um, just rigid in terms of your ability to fight back. And the hardest thing to do is to kind of like counter attack that anxiety before it sets in and puts you in a space of societal rigor mortis. Societal rigor mortis! Y'all, this new house is giving me a whole new flavor. New flavors of words, words of new flavor. That being said, there's action. When I talk about refined rage, that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about when you find a way to take that energy that has come from these negative spaces and you basically become your own alchemist in turning it into something of value. An alchemist uh, in folklore is someone that is able to take, uh, I I believe, like stone. They're able to take minerals and materials and turn them into gold, right? And gold having value. Well, the reality is that all of us are alchemists in our own right. You know, and it is the ability to learn that alchemy and how it relates to you that takes you from suffering from the anxiety of the situation to being active in the situation. And when you can take action, you really realize that like you, you're not completely beholden to any of this. And that's why I always talk so much about just how much the power of our minds has in determining how we manage heartache and disappointment and failure and loss and all of these things. Um, We're just not taught to use our brains across all of these spectrums. And so we get used to just only using one thing. And we are in a country that is absolutely dedicated to, to exercising, manifesting, and enforcing us to only use the fear part of our brain. They are actively working to keep us afraid of even ourselves. And that's where the anxiety comes in. So when you're seeing these things going on with this nation and it, they are, it, it really is just frustrating and scary, especially if you have children and you're thinking about, damn, damn like, like what, what world are they inheriting? Um, it's, it's completely understandable. Completely. But I think when we talk about anxiety versus action, we talk about the difference between being paralyzed and being empowered. And the best thing you can do for yourself is try to figure out even the smallest, most intricate ways of empowering yourself to not feel like these motherfuckers got you in their grip. That's why I'm renting this house. That's why I'm renting this house. Because the world's going to shit. 
So I'm like, well, at the very least, I'm going to try and have the best little world I got so that when I come home from shit world, I can at least like this little world I've made that is the shit. But you don't got to take my word for it. But um bum we're serving it. All right, so really interested to get into these DMTs because I think that I am very, very blessed to have a listenership um, and a viewership of folks that really pride themselves on being information-based and, for the most part, wanting to figure out how to just figure... They just want... Y'all just want to figure out how to, underscore. Now, that bell that you heard on my phone was thoughts coming in. Anytime the bell tolls, it's because I just had a genius thought. And reality is, is that you guys sent some really great questions that will require some very genius thoughts. So I'm glad it went down. But these are just very um, harrowing times. And, uh, you know, the mediums of media become integral in these times because they allow for messaging to reach masses of people in a major way. And we have seen that happen and be misused on such a regular basis. So it really means something to me to be able to do that here with small doses and be able to give you all content that, um, you know, feels meaningful and not just like it's forgetting about the real things that are going on. So our first question is why is our political system such a joke these days? Well, you know, it's always funny to me when people say things like that because our political system has always been a joke. We just know how magic works now. And I don't know how much of that is simply because of the internet or, you know, the realities of going back to even journalists, just uncovering things and being so dedicated to getting to the bottom of these scandals and uh corruption and you start to understand that like these aren't things that are happening singularly i mean my mom called me and was like have you seen the commercial for this dick cheating movie i mean these people are something else and it's like now people are getting to tell the stories about these shady people in such a way that we have more access i think for a lot of times the the insight into this information was not considered like media worthy and it wasn't necessarily considered like entertainment worthy. So like the only people who would know about the true level of the corruption and how like completely pervasive it is are people who were like searching for it or like had a like vested interest. The regular American public just simply didn't have access to that. But then when you see the amount of films like the big short and wag the dog and, um, you know, you start, you, you see the film about the Ponzi scheme, you know, with uh, Bernie Madoff. And you just start to really be like, oh shit, like this is like really, really super dupes common. Um, and again, the internet allows for like further discussion to happen about these things. Once upon a time, that kind of stuff would like air or be in the newspaper and then it'd be done. And then, like, you move on to the next. But now, the conversations continue to keep going. They continue to blossom. They continue to flourish. And you start seeing the splintering of conversations that are valid um, going off into conversations that are not valid, uh, you know. And you see the guy who you had a crush on in middle school. Um, and you thought, man, yeah, like, if, if I was going to be with a white guy, you know, that's, that's the guy that for me. And then you realize that here we are in our 30s and he's still frequenting Olive Garden and also has a Confederate flag license plate holder. 
together and you're like, oh, so we've splintered. Okay, the conversation is no longer uh, happening in a connective way. But our system has always been a joke. When our political system was created, human beings were legally enslaved. Anything created within that context is a joke that is not funny. It's a fact. So, as, you know, when, when South Africa abolished apartheid, they also abolished their constitution. They got a new flag and they wrote up a new, like, document because they had a whole new government. And, and I'm not saying, saying that it's, like, like the, the best, best, but at least they had the presence of mind to know that, like, the operating system that we had before is a wrap. We can't just upgrade, okay? It's not like moving from, like, OS Sierra to Wolverine or some shit. You can't just upgrade from like iOS racist to iOS like we're good now. It doesn't work that way. You have to completely eradicate it. Okay? Basically, this country is operating on a Windows operating system. Remember when Windows would keep like upgrading and you'd be like, is this an upgrade? Because I'm really fucking confused. I don't know how this works. I don't understand. It was not user-friendly. It was always frustrating. And it was like the only people that could make it work and really utilize it were the people who literally either designed it or who like make, like they, they, they pride themselves on like operating those systems. That's the same thing that's going on with our government. A very small handful of people understand the way shit is going because they directly benefit from it or they actually created it themselves. So until we get out of this like Windows-based government system and actually can create a whole new operating system, it's going to be a joke. And that's why I, as a comedian, feel like I got to keep writing these jokes because that shit is no laughing matter. And if we're not laughing about something, we will descend into madness. How do I keep myself from having a nervous breakdown while staying informed? <sighs> I mean, I'm no therapist. I think nervous breakdowns a lot of times come from a feeling of hopelessness and disarmament and that which holds you together dissolving into fear and anxiety. So I think for a lot of us, with all of the bad news that happens, we have to get really in touch with what holds us together and work on strengthening that in the face of informing ourselves of that which seeks to weaken it. I created Smart, Funny, and Black literally for this reason. Because every day we're inundated with so many images of specifically black bodies and black women being um, just demeaned, discriminated against, uh, disrespected that I was like I want to create a space where at, you know at, at least um, we can look forward to having a communal celebratory space that is not infringed upon by the ever present feeling for black people to feel like we gotta adjust and inform those that have the same access to education as we do and I wanted to to do that and not just for y'all, but like for myself too. Like Smart Funny and Black has become a very cathartic space for me too. 
Um, not only because of the creative space, but also just like the feeling of knowing that I'm making something on a regular basis that spits in the face of that which seeks to keep me sad, right? So there's a lot to be said about how to like not have a nervous breakdown. I mean, on some practical matters, it's, you know, going to therapy and knowing that you have this space on a regular basis that is dedicated for your emotional release. I really kind of didn't understand that about therapy for a while. Like I felt like therapy was just like analytical space where I'm going to like figure out the mysteries of my mind and my personality. But on a basic note, it's just like, no, this is like a designated time every week to fall apart. And it kind of gets a little easier to stay together when you know you're going to have the opportunity to fall apart in a safe space where someone is literally trained to help you get back together. Um, I think, you know, depression is a, is a space where you feel like there's nothing good. Nothing is good. We are in a depressed space in this nation where it just seems like nothing is good. And so that's when we have to become so, like, dedicated to forcing ourselves to pursue the information that is good because that's not being put down our throat the way the negative is. The negative is, is always going to make the headline. You're going to have to seek out the positive. That's why I follow sites like the Dodo because it's literally just like animal rescues. And when all else fails, I'm like, at least this dog made it out of this fucking ditch. Okay. The world has gone to trash. We're about to start saying under his eye as a greeting. But this cow was rescued from these floodwaters by these folks with this boat and now is in a pasture. So there is some good. I think there's also just even the basics of like your diet. And we, um, we have to be conscious of like what we're putting in our bodies because basically like, remember that sketch that Tina Fey did when she was on SNL uh, weekend update and she was like after 45 got elected and she did this like bit where she was saying she was just going to engorge herself with cake because she just couldn't deal with what's going on. I mean, I think that happens in a literal and figurative way, right? Like some of us like stress eat, but I think there's also just like the engorging yourself with like shit that doesn't help you. Um, that doesn't really have sustenance because at the time it like feels like it's solving an issue or it feels like it's displacing the hurt. But in reality, it's like, it's just going to end up breaking down and making you more tired. So I think that there's a, there's just a consciousness that we all have to have as, along with like even physically working out. You know, the, the, the reality is like all this shit is trash and the only way it's going to like change is if we keep fighting and the only way we keep fighting is if we remain healthy enough and mentally, physically, emotionally sound enough to do it. And so I completely understand your concern because you're like, fuck, like this shit is going to break me down. And it's like, well, we can't afford that. And I know that like sometimes it feels like, well, what are we even fighting for when this shit has always been trash in the past? And it's like, because what else is there to do? I mean, I'm, I'm fighting for the opportunity to be here when the aliens show up and shut this whole shit down. <laughs> I'm just waiting. I'm waiting. When that presidential text came in for two seconds, I thought they're here. Finally. Jesus. It took long enough. Because I feel like when the aliens show up, they're going to be like, Amanda, what is up? And they won't say that 
because they're going to speak in their language, it's going to be like... But because I am an alien, I will already understand. I'm going to be like Jason Bourne when he woke up and was like, who the fuck? I speak German? What? Like, he didn't even realize he spoke German. He was like, oh my God, I speak German. What the fuck is happening? That's what I'm going to be like. Like, they're going to be communicating to me and people next to me are going to be like, what? How'd you even understand what they said? Like, they didn't say those words. I'm going to be like, oh, so basically like, you're somebody who can't see a Thestral because you've never experienced death. So you're like Luna, like you're not like me and Luna Lovegood. Like we have experienced that. That's why we can see a Thestral. And I am an alien and that's why I can hear what they're saying because you're not an alien. So it's been cool. We had some great times. It was so fun at your birthday party two years ago. But I'm going to have to go to my, my, my home world now. And um, I just hope they have a Zara. Next question. What do you do when your closest mentor and closest ally at Columbia gets slapped with a lawsuit for being a predator? Side effect, because in modern America, any man is a possible predator and it could come out that it happens to be someone you thought was a good one. It's a side effect of modern American misogynistic capitalism. How do you cope with this reality? Well, first of all, before now, every man could be a predator. I mean, that's, if, if anything, before now, they were more likely to be a predator because there were less consequences associated with the realities of their behaviors. Um, how do you cope with the fact that like someone that you thought was a good one could possibly have been a predator? I mean, I have, I literally just went through this. I mean, that's y'all up my ass about Charlemagne and you know, like, what are you going to say about it? What are you going to do about it? What do you, how are you going to handle this? What are you going to be about it? And the reality is like, First of all, you have to understand like the full story. And if they truly are your friend, then you're going to have a real conversation with them about the full story. Then you're going to do your own research. And when you do your own research, you're also going to be completely objective, which is incredibly difficult to do, but is absolutely possible. So you have to commit to doing that. Being completely objective. People can be shitty fucking people this is a fact also people can change because life can change people and there have been situations especially when it comes to this particular topic where men specifically gained a certain level of enlightenment and information to show them that the behavior they had been taught and that they had been shown to be okay was not okay now, for me, I think the conversation becomes, are they still a predator? The conversation becomes, are they copying to their behavior? And the conversation becomes, what are they doing to not only do, their, do the best that they can in giving, um, giving opportunities for healing and, and understanding to the person that has accused them, and... What are they doing to also be a part of the conversation that helps inform others on how they should no longer behave? What, is the, what are they doing to help be a part of the conversation that challenges the, the past just rhetoric that says that men can do whatever? I think you have to look at those tiered things. You know, people would be just um, expecting me to come out and like speak against Charlemagne and the story in his case was simply not as direct as I've heard other stories be, right? 
And you also have to make a decision as a friend on how you're going to manage this. Um, I think that there's, uh, there's very, very, very specific nuances to all of this. I know that as a friend to somebody, I ain't never going to come out in public against a friend to shit on them. That's just not how I do. Uh, you know, I don't owe the public an explanation for the, the respect I have for my personal space, which is basically the only space I have that is not governed by, you know, public opinion, uh, that I need to give a fuck about. The reality though, is that what you do come out about is the fact that like any of these behaviors are not okay. They're never okay. And that they simply are in desperate need of reformatting. So whoever this individual is that you're talking about, to recap, you got to find out, one, are they actually a predator? So you find that out by finding out what is their story and how they're telling it and doing your own research. Two, what is their point of view on these spaces that men are now in where they are being held accountable and challenged for how they are behaving with women? Do they feel like things have changed for the better? Do they feel like they needed to change? Do they feel like they have done anything bad in the past? I I really honestly like I I feel like it is important to hear men come forward and say like, "Yeah, I did some shit that was not okay in the past. I just didn't know it was not okay." And now that I know it's not okay, I need to like put that out there and I need to be verbal about it because I know many of my peers who still think it is okay. That is important. That to me is a, is, is the key in terms of viewing how you manage these people. Are they still predators? And the only way to know that is by asking them first and by viewing action. And that takes time. So it's not like something you just turn a page on and you're like, okay, I don't fuck with them no more. Um, it's unless it's something that's like very, 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 you know, obvious, red-handed, clear as day. But the other part of it is that a lot of shit is just not as clear. And uh, when you get into those gray spaces, it's going to take a certain level of exchange of communication and if someone's your friend and they're not willing to have that that exchange to help bring you some sense of peace then you know what to do walk Walk on by walk on last question with all that's going on what can women do to help reshape america all the rules seem to apply to females and none to males it's like people need to be retaught I talk a lot about women's roles in these changes because I feel like, you know, for what it's worth, we have been an underutilized part of society and our ability to be a major part of changing society. Um, you know, for for uh, plenty of centuries, we've basically been just baby makers and homekeepers. 
even though we have always had the ability to be like incredibly effective uh, thought leaders and movements for social change outside of just the home and how we raise our kids. Now, I will say this, one of the ways in one of the ways invariably that we can be a part of changing uh, the way that this world is, is how we raise our kids. When you see, I, I saw a fucking tweet that this woman sent today. It's like, she, and I, I, I say sent because like she literally put this into the universe and then walked away. And it says, if you have a son, make sure you buy him a notepad, a body camera, and a recording device. Get him a battery pack, too, so he can always protect himself with video evidence of every single encounter he has with a woman. Men aren't safe in America anymore. And this girl replied, this is my, my favorite, favorite reply ever. ever. Just teach your kids about consent and shut the fuck up, LMAO weird bitch. <laughs> That was incredible use of weird bitch. Because it's like, it's so true. Like, you weird, like, what's wrong with you fucking weirdo? Like, what are we talking about right now? But I think that there's really truth to the fact that there's so many mothers that are complicit in the patriarchy that says that men don't make mistakes and that women are these, like, you know... Nagini slithering ass snakes that are like moving at the behest of Voldemort's wishes to keep patriarchy alive. Side note, apparently J.K. Rowling said that Nagini is an Asian woman who is like trapped in this snake's body, right? And that she's like there as it's a blood curse. I I don't even know what a blood curse is. I need to look at my book of magic. But apparently she said this and that it's featured in Fantastic Beasts. And just a side note for all my Potterites out there. I'm not a Fantastic Beasts gal. I'm not. I, the first movie I was like, I mean, I don't, this feels, this doesn't feel like my world. It doesn't feel like the Wizarding World. I mean, I know it was in America, but I feel like they could have also gone way harder in like how the Wizarding World was represented in America. It just seemed very, like, hokey. And I guess maybe that speaks a lot to, like, the, how acting <laughs> acting is. It's like, you know, acting in, 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 in Britain is very serious. It's a thespian. It is a very serious craft, you know, and the stage. And here, acting is like, you know, I'm taking some classes. And uh, <laughs> I do some YouTube videos. And I audition for things. And you, don't get me wrong. There are people who study very seriously. And they do Stella Adler and Uta Hagen and Stanislavski. And, and Henry Meisner and all that. And I'm not, I'm not undercutting that, but it is absolutely not the same level of institution that it is in England. And that's what I feel like the wizarding world is. It was like, it was literally like they were like hanging out, like just like doing lanyards with wands. That's what it felt like. Just like, what are we at camp? Come on. So there's another, I'm going to go see it obviously. Cause like we, we need our dose of magic, but I just was like, and if there's time turners, I don't want no part of it. Because the time turner is not, the, the, she didn't think that through. She didn't think it through. She didn't think it through. I'm sorry. I mean, when we saw the alternate storyline of Spock in the first new Star Trek movie that uh, J.J. That Abrams did, he thought it through. It made sense. I got there. It made sense. This time turner shit, I, I let it go with Prisoner of Azkaban because Avi. But now I heard that Henry, that Cursed Child has it because I'd never finished Cursed Child, but Cursed Child has it. And I'm like, what? What are we playing at? There's enough narrative on the linear 
that we don't have to do all this. Anyways, back to the episode. So you see what I just did there? I just inserted some levity. That's what we all have to do to manage living in this shit-ass fucking time. You have to insert some levity, y'all. It's like you have cartilage in your knee, and the cartilage in your knee is what allows your knee to move fluidly to get you from point A to B without pain. You have to figure out what the cartilage in your life is to allow you to move from point A to point B with as little pain as possible. Because what they're fucking trying to do is take the cartilage out. They're trying to take the cushion out. They're trying to have you be bone on bone and then you wear down and you don't have the energy to fight. And we just have to. And even if it's not fighting like for, for a revolution, even if you're not suiting up in a fucking leather coat and beret, and, and let, let me tell you, you we are one fine ass nigga in a leather coat and beret away from a revolution. Even if you're not willing to do that you at least have to find the strength to enjoy your life that is paramount you have to see a movie find it eat that hot dog i know you're like i can't eat this hot dog because amanda said i gotta be well enough to fight at the revolution okay one hot dog isn't gonna hurt you if that's what you wanted and that's what's gonna bring you joy today and i just think that it's like such a hard thing to do like i i i'm i'm in a house and i've had definitely people look at me like oh my god like how are you in this whole house like how are you in a house like why are you in a house don't you feel like you're throwing money away and it's like no i'm investing in my joy okay i'm investing in my joy and we are in such precarious times that we simply cannot like wait around for the time when we're going to decide to be joyful if we are able to seize it right now. We are Harry at the end of when Harry met Sally. When you realize who you want to spend the rest of your life with, you want the rest of your life to start as soon as possible. But that is a part of something that women can do and everyone can do. Retain your fucking joy. You know, the self-care, the self-care, that's a thing. Um, And in reteaching people, part of that is teaching people about self-care. And I also, on a regular basis, talk about what I feel is necessary in terms of the realities that women need to be checking motherfuckers. We got to be checking motherfuckers. We got to call people out. We've got to call it out. I'm not saying you got to be there and fighting and I'm not saying it has to be that way, but there definitely confrontation of problematic behavior has to start and eradication of enabling has to start. And at some point we have to stop being volunteers for our continued victimizing. So I say that to myself and I say that to all of us. People show you who they are. You got to check that shit. A lot of the behaviors of the people and the men that you're talking about that carry on to be rape culture, that carry on to be abusive, that carry on to be fuckboys, a lot of that stems from a very basic source of ignorance that is continued to be... um, purported throughout our society, a lot of times literally by simply omission of acknowledgement. Because somewhere along the line, people started pushing this narrative of, I ain't even going to say shit because I don't even got the time. And I'm just like, you may not have the time to have a discussion. You may not have the time to get into a back and forth because you're living your best life. But you should always have the time to inform somebody that what they are doing and how they're behaving is not okay. 
and that you are not going to take it. And this is why it is not okay. And you carry on. And that person, whether it went in one ear or out the other, you did your job in putting that energy out into the world that is the counter to what they're putting out into the world. And if I knew math, what I would do right now is I would give you an analogy about when you're doing a foil and a negative cancels out. See, I've already lost it. I don't know. But what I do know is the quadratic equation. X equals negative B plus or minus square root. B squared minus 4 is C all over 2A. I don't know how to like do it, but there's that. People I like. Yeah. I think it's pretty obvious who the people I like is going to be. Dr. Christine Blasey Ford. Who basically was like, you know what? I just can't. I just can't. I mean, it's like we got to start a GoFundMe for everybody who just can't. Because, like, we just can't. And I really, I think it was incredible that um, she came forward and told her story. And for the record, like, it was not easy. Like, she has came, she came forward, like, early in the game and was like, hey, 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 hey. When he was on the long list, she was like, BT Dubs. I don't know, guys. I don't know. And she continued um, to be steadfast in her feeling that it was her civil duty to uh, share her story about this person who is going to be on the Supreme Court. First of all, why do we have a Supreme Court where justices are there forever? I don't know, literally, like what is the actual logic behind putting people in a position forever? Because especially now when we are in a world where things change so rapidly, it's very, very, very damning and, and just, just it, it makes no sense to me. But what does make sense to me is just Dr. Ford's resoluteness in sharing her story and doing so without wavering. Even in the face of this fucking Handmaid's Tale panel of white men that looked straight out of the show it was frightening i mean it really was i was like are they gonna cut her finger off but this is a time where you have to stand up and you have to speak your truth and um there are going to be people who exploit that to speak falsehoods but it cannot replace the importance of what it is when people speak their truth and she's one she's our people I like this week because she was a truth teller in the face of doubters and naysayers and even though it did not necessarily affect uh, the outcome the way we wanted it to what 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 she did was she stirred up the necessity for us to keep on challenging. She awakened conversations. She also, by her testimony, brought people to the front that needed to be called to the front. Like these Senator Jeff Flake and, you know, the the people who didn't vote, um, the broad from Alaska. Sullivan, I think her name was. I purposely don't memorize these people's names because they're all full of shit. But the senator from Alaska who was like, oh, I'm not going to vote just in, 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 in respect to the other senator who decided not to vote because it's his daughter's wedding. Well, guess what, pal? I understand it's your daughter's wedding, but you also can get a private jet to get there on time. And I understand that, like, you know, she's, she's your daughter and she's important, but you're a fucking public servant. You're a public servant. 
And it simply is your duty as an elected official to be present for elections that greatly affect your constituency. This is a Supreme Court decision. So I want to send a strong fuck you to both of them with the exact same fury and, 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 and uh, fiery rage of a thousand Aztec sons that I have behind Dr. Christine Blasey Ford, who is an inspiration to us all. And it goes and follows in the footsteps of Miss Anita Hill, who stood before with hand raised high saying, fuck this motherfucker. Of course, not in those words, but in that same energy. This guy is trash it's trash and our supreme court now looks like a dumpster fire and it is absolutely a fact that we have to put it out and we end up getting ourselves uh in the line of fire to put it out by stepping forward and sometimes sacrificing ourselves in our privacy and uh that's what dr ford did and i thank her for it and i more than like her for it i respect her and appreciate her for it as you saw in my insta story there was a guy on a flight behind me who was like man they really didn't grill her they really didn't really like get at her that much you know they kind of let her off easy and i was just boiling in my southwest airlines window seat where the person sitting next to me kept sitting with a strong second position plie and her thigh was rubbing against mine the whole fucking flight adding to my just sheer annoyance. And then this guy who's sitting behind me and I just knew, I just knew what he looked like without even looking at him. And sure enough, when I turned around, he looked like the assistant defensive coach for a Texas football team. Oakley shades perched atop his hairline, you know, khaki shorts, phone clip, new balances. And I said to him, I got real close and I said, she wasn't grilled because she's not on trial. She was performing a civic duty. And then I did an inferred motherfucker and kept it moving. And for anyone who listens to this and says Amanda curses too much, listen. You don't got to listen. <laughs> no, my godmother, you know, sent me this email saying, you know, I find you cussing too much. I find that I'm 37 and that I just moved into a house and that I support myself. <laughs> so if I want to fucking curse... While I am continuously putting out content to empower and enlighten, then you should actually be sending me edible arrangements, not emails about my cursing. That, that one, one time. time. <laughs> you know, for, for this week's that one time, it's like there's this episode is side effects of being in modern day America. And... I feel like there's been so many times where I have had to, where I've chosen to manage that by being verbal about the side effects and not taking them in and letting them become a cancer within me. And people will always ask me like, Amanda, like, how do you, how do you just wake up ready? Like, how do you stay so like committed and how do you stay kind of like focused? And I was in a car the other day. Um, with uh, someone who was older than me and he was with me and my homegirl and we were driving around because we were working on something and me and my homegirl were just rolling. I don't know if you watch Subway, if you've seen the Subway Creatures Instagram, but please do yourself a favor. And we were just in hysterics. And so after he was like, you know, y'all were just having a good time. 
y'all were hysterical. I mean, y'all, we were in this sprinter van for like literally 12 hours, but we were having a blast. And he was like, I just, you know, I was kind of expecting y'all to be, you know, on the uh, on the van and having these real deep conversations and, you know, be real brooding. But y'all were really just the laughter, the cackle was sustaining through the air. And I thought about it because it was like, I understand why he thought that we would be that way because we're both intellectual, me and my homegirl. We're both woke and we're both aware. We're both strong black women. But at the end of the day, it's like neither of us, though, are people who hold shit in. And I think that we kind of like leave room for the levity because we let it out. That's why I be telling y'all like when you have anxiety moments and you have like crazy moments, especially like with, with relationships and shit to write it down because I believe in like literally like the physics of it was taking up space and now you have written it down. And so it is like not taking up space in the same way. And that's why I operate in this being a modern day America. I'm on this mic. I'm on my Instagram and you know, people are like, you're addicted to social media. And I'm like, honestly, these mediums have allowed me to have sanity in a lot of ways. Fuck the comments because I've removed them for that reason. But being able to just like verbalize um, my frustrations um, has been incredibly healing for me. Incredibly healing. And being a stand-up and getting to go on stage and then make jokes about them and hear that laughter come back. Incredibly healing. You know how they say that like therapy cats and therapy dogs like... The, actually, they say that the purr of a cat is the frequency, is a healing frequency. Um, that's what laughter is for me. It's a healing frequency. And I try to keep it around me at all times, whether I'm the one encouraging it, uh, causing it, or the one doing it. And in these times in modern day America, it's like you just don't know what's coming at you. You just don't know what's coming at you. But I deal with it by getting it out in whichever way makes sense. And for y'all that may not be speaking up verbally, maybe that's creatively. Maybe it's by empowering someone else's platform who speaks up. But um, there's going to be a lot more time of shit happening. And I'm just looking forward to continuing to, you know, meet with y'all and learn from y'all about different ways to challenge this. But I was trying to think of like one specific time where dealing with being in modern day America affected me and it affects me on a regular basis. I mean, I don't want you to think for a second that I don't find myself in moments of hopelessness. Like, I mean, the fact that I get to move into this, this dope place is also conflicted with the fact that, like, the world is falling apart around me, you know? And, like, feeling like, damn, like, I, I don't want to necessarily celebrate this because I don't want to feel like I am, you know, pay, being insultive to the realities of the, the, tra- the, the tragedy of our government system. And I, I saw someone in the DMs that said, like, well, if you live somewhere else outside of the U.S., would you want to live in the U.S.? How, what, you know, what is it? that you can do to like want to stay in the U S I mean, and it's like, yo, have you ever watched world news? It ain't much better anywhere else. That's the bitch. You just, I mean, it's literally like, like deciding like, okay, well, I, I, everybody has their issues. Which issues can I deal with the most? And that's what that is. But 
being in modern day America and being an awoke a woke person, we you heard side effects of being woke. Being in this place in this time takes effort in a very different way than you may have originally thought. You know, I think we all thought adulting was just about paying bills and not getting arrested. And now self-care has to be an integral part of your adulting and aggressive pursuance of joy. The last dose. I really appreciate uh, the viewer who, or the listener who suggested this topic. Um, I think it's very timely and very poignant. So thank you so much. And, um, you know, if you guys have suggestions for topics, you can always send them into my DMs. But listen, y'all, we here. Last I checked, Matthew McConaughey isn't on a ship trying to find another planet for us to move to. And even when he did that, the answer was on Earth the whole time because his daughter actually had the blueprint right there when he went and met the aliens in the other dimension. So I say all that to say that we got to stick it out. Uh, And while we're sticking it out, we got to find our joy where we can. Never forget that for a lot of us, our ancestors had to toil every fucking day without any promise of freedom. And all they had to ride on was the hope that someday they wouldn't be in that situation or their children wouldn't. We don't got it that bad. And we still got it pretty shitty. Uh, But we always have to remember that what we do have is we have those ancestors and we have the leaders who came before us and we have the visionaries who came before us. And they have given us something very priceless, which is they've given us history which serves as a blueprint for how we can change the present to fix the future.